Thank you for downloading this sermon brought to you by the preaching ministry of Liberty Baptist Church of Las Vegas, Nevada, Dr. David Tice. For more sermons in both audio and video format, we encourage you to visit experienceliberty.com. Also, for a word of encouragement, insight, and biblical inspiration, follow Pastor David Tice's blog at davidtice.com. So without further ado, let's open our hearts to the Word of God. Good evening. My name is Chris Robertson. My wife is Elizabeth, and we've been gone for about 21 years. Uh, my wife grew up in the church, so some of you might not know Liberty Baptist Church is our home church, our sending church. Half of you might not know that. seems like every time we come back, there's different folks, and uh, that's great that the church has been growing. Um, my wife came to the church when she was 13 years old and was saved through the ministry here of Liberty Baptist Church. I came as an intern pastor for a year or something called like that. I'm not sure if it was called intern pastor. And then the Lord led us to Mexico. As Neil said, we've, we've been in Mexico not 22 years, but 19 years. And the Lord allowed us to start three churches um, for his honor and glory. And I wanted to share something because we are now coming off the mission field. Um, and did we finish the work God called us to do? Sometimes when I was younger, I, I will say this, uh, I was prideful, and I still am prideful, but if a missionary came off the field, I would think, what are they doing? They must not be in God's will anymore. Uh, and that's not true. That was just me being prideful. Um, the Lord called us to Mexico to, to work for his glory, and he put on our hearts a desire to reach the unreached with the gospel of Jesus Christ by planting Bible-preaching churches. He allowed us to start three churches, and they're all led by national pastors now. And uh, one of the, one of the we, be, we had a desire to make sure every single family heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the Lord put on our hearts to go door-knocking. That was the best way that we could figure out how to make sure every single family had the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the Lord allowed the three churches working together um, to actually, as far as we know, to give the gospel to every single family at least one time, sometimes more than one time, every single household in two counties. Um, and so we praise the Lord for that. We give God glory to that. Um, so the question is, did we finish the work God called us to do? Uh, before we look into the Word of God this afternoon about on the subject of prayer. First Chronicles 28.20, I'll read that. It says, And David said to Solomon his son, Be strong and of good courage, and do it. Fear not, nor be dismayed. For the Lord God, even my God, will be with thee. He will not fail thee, nor forsake thee, until thou hast finished all the work of, for the service of the house of the Lord. Uh, we prayed for a ministry verse for many years. And that is the verse that uh, we believe the Lord put on our hearts uh, as our ministry verse to Mexico and in the ministry. And the Lord used that verse a couple of times when the ministry got hard to keep us faithful. And so why do we believe uh, that we have finished the specific work God called us to? I think this is important for you as our sending church, as our home church, to understand why we believe that God... Uh, allowed us to finish the work that he specifically called us to as missionaries. 
There's five reasons. Quickly, number one, we believe we have finished the specific work God called us to because he showed us through his word, the Bible, by the leading of the Holy Spirit. It was a gentle leading. As we prayed about what should we do next, uh, we wanted to be led by the word of God. Uh, And the Bible says the Bible is a lamp unto our feet. And then also as the Holy Spirit opened the word of God to us, as we read the Bible, Romans 18, 8, 15 says, For we have not received the spirit of bondage, again to fear, but we have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. That was our, our number one prayer, that God would lead us through his word, through the Holy Spirit. Uh, you'll see in one of these points that there was open doors to go to Washington and leave the mission field, but we did not want that to be the number one thing. We wanted to be based on the Word of God. As we went to Mexico based on the Word of God, we wanted to go where God would have us to go after we finished the work there by the Word of God. Number two, there was answers to specific, specific Bible-based prayer requests. And one of those was 100% unity of the church. And when they voted for us 100%, uh, that was an answer prayer. Matthew 21, 22 says... In all things whatsoever you shall ask in prayer, believing, you shall receive. And that's actually one of the verses that we, uh, as a family, talked about and prayed over as we prayed for a specific prayer request uh, to God. And sometimes that was scary. Are you, are, are you going to answer these prayer requests? Are we actually praying? Have you ever been there where you worry about what you're praying and thinking, is this really what God would have us to do? Number three, godly counsel all led to the pastorate in Washington. There was a specific uh, counselors. Pastor Tice was one, and all of the counseling we received uh, led us to go towards Washington's Proverbs eleven fourteen says, "Where no counsel is, the people fall, but in the multitude of counselors there is safety." Number four, a great family joy in the Lord, as a family t- moving to Washington, also the work of the ministry there in the specific church. We pray that God would give us a joy to go uh, to where he would have us to go. And it's interesting, uh, the three kids that are at camp this week with Liberty Baptist Church were all born in Mexico, and so their culture is Mexican. And the only thing that they were uh, concerned about coming to the U.S. was culture shock, (laughs) coming back to the United States. Uh, But while our time in Washington, they enjoyed it, they were overly ecstatic about if this is what God would have us to do as a family. And so that was an answer of prayer. That was one of our prayer requests. Number four, the Lord closed all other doors. About a year ago, as a family, we started having a feeling in our hearts that our time in that specific area of Mexico, the Lord was having us move out. At the time, we thought we were going to go somewhere else in Mexico. And we visited other towns, uh, we went to other uh, uh, states, praying over, uh, looking to start a church where there was no Bible preaching church. That was our hearts, to go where there was not any Bible preaching church. We were not praying or thinking about the United States at all. Uh, we actually were praying about uh, other countries, ex-Russian countries, some above Iran and Iraq that are open to the gospel, but a lot of unreached people there. We were not thinking about the United States at all. And the Lord started closing those doors and started opening doors 
to Washington, to Chuila Baptist Church. Colossians 4, 2 and 3 says, Continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving, with all praying also for us, that God would open unto us a door of utterance to speak the mystery of Christ, for which I also for which I am also in bonds. So that's actually a biblical concept uh, of open open doors and closed doors. As our sending church, that's important for you to understand that God finished the work through your missionaries in Mexico. Is there more work to be accomplished in Mexico? There is. But as your specific uh, home church missionaries, uh, the Lord has uh, used us to allow us to finish the work there. We thank you for your prayers and support through all these years, uh, 21 years. And uh, those three churches are part of the work together as a team uh, for the honor and glory of God. Your prayers, your faithful support um, of us specifically are there's three good Bible preaching churches with good uh, pastors, great families, uh, reaching their communities with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so thank you. Humbly, we thank you. Uh, we appreciate you all very much. Let's go to the Word of God tonight. We'll be in Genesis chapter 18. Genesis chapter 18. be looking at the title of the sermon is prayer in your daily life and you see on there that we're in Genesis 1823 through 33 we'll be reading all of these verses and then we'll be just looking at two simple points that I hope would be an encouragement and a blessing for us as we struggle as we strive as we, Lord willing, grow in a desire to pray to our God daily. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for your blessings to us. We thank you that we can open your word and look into your word this evening. Help us to understand what you'd have for us, to grow in your grace and your wisdom this evening, for your honor and glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's, look, let's start in verse 23, and we'll go down through 33. And Abraham drew near and said, Wilt thou also destroy the righteous with the wicked? Peradventure there be fifty righteous within the city. Wilt thou also destroy and not spare the place for the fifty righteous that are therein? That be far from thee to do after this manner, to slay the righteous with the wicked, and that the righteous should be as the wicked, just uh, wicked that be far from thee shall not the judge of all the earth do right and the Lord said if I find in Sodom fifty righteous within the city then I will spare all the place for their sakes and Abraham answered and said behold now I have taken upon me to speak unto the Lord which am but dust and ashes peradventure there shall lack five of the fifty righteous wilt thou destroy all the city for lack of five and he said, If I find there forty and five, I will not destroy it. 
Verse 29, And he spake unto him yet again, and said, Peraventure, there shall be forty found there. And he said, I will not do it for forty's sake. And he said unto him, O let not the Lord be angry, and I will speak. Peraventure, there shall, there shall thirty be found there. And he said, I will not do it if I find thirty there. And he said, Behold, now I have taken upon me to speak unto the Lord. Peraventure, there shall be twenty found there. And he said, I will not destroy it for twenty's sake. And he said, O let, o, o let not the Lord be angry, and I will speak yet but this once. Peraventure ten shall be found there. And he said, I will not destroy it for ten's sake. And the Lord went his way as soon as he had left communion with Abraham. And Abraham returned unto his place. So we're going to look at the title of the message is Prayer in Your Daily Life. And I say daily because this is us in our regular life with our God. It is not something abstract, um, far out there for the pastor or for the missionary. It is something for us today. A Christian who's been a Christian for a year, a Christian who's been a Christian for 50 years. This is for us in our daily walk, in our daily work, in our daily life. It is real, it is tangible, and it's doable. Someone said about George Mueller, do you know who George Mueller was? Uh, a gentleman uh, who had thousands of orphanage, orf, orphans, says this about him. It was studying Genesis 18, this, uh, what we just read, that taught saintly George Mueller of Bristol that modern giant of faith, one of the most important secrets of prayer. It taught him to use argument in pleading his case before God. So think about what we just read, and that taught George Mueller, who is known for never asking for any money, anything for the orphans. He would just go to God, never asked anything of, any, of a person. Actually, it's known of George Mueller that if someone said, George Mueller, do you have a need? He would say, I don't know exactly what he'd say, but he didn't say, yes, we have a need. He would not even tell someone their need because God put on his heart to just pray. This isn't for everyone, but there's something that George Mueller did. And it says that he learned to use argument in pleading his case before God. What does that mean? Well, then it goes on to say about George Mueller, he would remind the Lord that the orphan boys and girls entrusted to his care were not his orphans, they were God's. So he has a need, he, we, they, they need money for the orphanage to, to be warm in the winter. And so George Mueller would go to God and say, they're not mine. They're yours. That's what the Bible teaches. They're yours, God. They're not mine. I'm your servant. You've put me in this place. We're trusting you. Please remember that they're yours. Now, did God forget? No. But he's having a com communication. He's praying with his God. He goes on about George Mueller. Had he not declared himself to be the father of the fatherless? Talking about God and how George Mueller would talk with him. It was God's work, not Mueller's. He was but the instrument. 
If it were God's work, was not God bound to take care of it? Could God suffer his glory to be diminished? God, if you don't take care of these orphans, the heathen will rage. They'll say, God is not a God who takes care of the orphans. Can you imagine, I would say George Mueller was probably sometimes lacking in faith. Do we not all lack in faith at times? And he's encouraging himself in his prayer by saying, God, your word says you will be found faithful. Must he not silence the scoffer and the... Thus George Mueller prayed and thus he received truly astonishing answers from God. And thus Abraham prayed from what we just looked at, asking his heavenly visitor with plea after plea. What can we learn from this passage? What can we apply? Just two things quickly this evening. Number one, you go to God in humility and God answers in power. We go to God in humility and God answers in power. And number two, you go to God according to his word and God always answers according to his word. You can, you can trust in this, that God will always answer according to what he says in the Bible. Before we look into these two points, I want you to understand that God will reveal himself to you in his word. As you read the Bible, God will meet with you. These two points are what I see from this passage, from this, for this message. But as you read this passage another day, in your daily devotions, in five more years, in 15 more years, God may place in your mind and heart another point from his word. Allow him to teach you, and he will. What I want you to understand is sometimes when I would listen to a, to a message, I would think, man, why didn't I see that? It must be because that dude's a missionary. That guy's the pastor. He's the one that can get this from the Word of God. But that, that's not how the Word of God works. These things, as I prayed about what to preach and what to teach, I believe through the Holy Spirit, God was showing me through his word for us specifically tonight. Does that make sense? And as you read the Bible, this passage five, five years down the road, God may show you something through his word differently than this. And that's how God works through his Bible, because it's living. It's a lamp unto our feet I wanted to encourage you with that if you were thinking how I thought when I was younger. So, okay, so we're going to go to point one. You go to God in humility, and God answers in power. So Abraham drew near to God and called him the judge of all the earth. So in humility, Abraham goes to God, and he says, you're the judge of all the earth. He's going to God who has all the power. He's gone to God with humility. Look at verse 27 and the humility that, 
that Abraham shows here. Verse 27, And Abraham answered and said, Behold, now I have taken upon me to speak unto the Lord. What, what does he say here? Which am but dust and ashes. According to the word of God, Abraham has humility. The Bible says, We're but dust and ashes. And Abraham uses the word of God to show himself humble before God. The Bible says in James 4, 6, But he giveth more grace, wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. And if you're like me, you need more humility. And the Bible says that God gives more grace to the humble, not the proud. So we go to God in humility, and he gives more grace. So under the point we go to God humility, what happens? And God answers in power. God does all the answering in these verses we just read. Abraham's not answering his own prayer. Abraham's not answering any, any questions from God. Abraham's going to God in humility. So us in our daily walk and our daily struggles in our daily uh, uh, joys and work and life, whatnot, we go to God in prayer, in humility, and God answers in power. And God did all the answering because He has all the power. Look at James 4, 6 again. What does it say? But He giveth more grace, wherefore He saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. When I pray, I fear asking for big things because my faith is so small. My pride, that's not humility, that's pride. My pride says, don't ask. Humility brings us to the feet of God to ask and trust Him. Oh, I can't ask for things that Pastor Tice prays for. I'm so humble. No, that's pride. That's pride in not trusting what the Bible says. And we all struggle with that. And it's sin. We all have the sin of pride. Ever since Adam and Eve and their pride said, oh, this, uh, uh, this uh, serpent knows better than God. I'm going to listen to this serpent. I don't want to listen to God anymore. That was pride. And we all have pride. We have all have put something before God. Whatever it is, we've put something before God. Our joy is in these things that will, will not last forever, and we have pride. And the Bible says because we're sinners, we deserve to die. We deserve to spend eternity in hell, separated from God because of our sin. But we know that Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins. He was buried, and he rose again. And we have salvation in him. And it takes humility to trust Jesus Christ as our Savior. It takes humility to say, hey, me giving of my offerings will not save me. I have to turn to Jesus Christ. That's humility. And God gives that, gives that humility by hearing the gospel of Jesus Christ. By what the Bible says, that you cannot save yourself 
You have to trust in Jesus Christ for your salvation. God gives that wisdom. God gives that, that humility to us to accept Jesus Christ as our Savior. And if you haven't accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, you can turn to Jesus Christ in humility. It takes a humble heart to accept what the gospel says and say, I am not going to trust in my good works anymore. I'm not going to trust in my God who is just loves everyone and says you can do whatever you want. I'm going to trust in what the Bible says about God that there is only one God and Jesus Christ is God and in Him is their salvation. It takes humility to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior. And Christian, we struggle with pride. One day we'll be free of it when we're in heaven. But right now we struggle with pride. All of us to some degree. And the Bible says that God giveth grace unto the humble and if we go to God in humility, God will answer in power. Number two, you go to God according to His Word and God always answers according to His Word. One of the greatest lessons I have learned in my spiritual life is praying what the Bible says. Have you ever struggled with knowing what to pray? Well, the Bible's God's Word. If, you would ju- if, if we would pray what the Bible says, God will hear that, that prayer. It is God's Word. For instance, um, who was it that said, Bless me indeed, enlarge my coast. Thank you. We can pray that. It's right there in God's Word. If you struggle with what do I pray, you can pray what's in God's Word. If you only know one thing from God's Word, bless me indeed, you can pray that. If you know ten things from God's Word, you can pray that. And don't be discouraged if you only know one thing. Pray that. God gives grace to the humble. You don't have to be the missionary. You don't have to be Mr. or Mrs. Super Christian for 40 years. Go to God humbly in the one or two things you know by the Word of God. And say, God, teach me to pray. I bring your Word before you. It says that you'll bless me. And so... I'm praying this. And if we go to God according to His Word, God always answers according to His Word. How did George Mueller learn to plead with God? He learned from reading the Bible. He pled the Bible to God in prayer. Look at Numbers 23, 19. God is not a man that He should lie, neither the Son of Man that He should repent. Hath he said, and shall he not do it? Or hath he spoken, and shall he not make it good? He will make it good. He will guard his word. He's not like you and I. He will 100% guard his word. Second Peter 1.19 says, We have also a more sure word of prophecy. Right here. Wherefore ye do well that ye take heed as unto a light that shineth in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts. So how does this work that we go to God according to his word 
and God always answers according to his word. Abraham, in verse 25, pleads who God is. Look in verse 25. There in Genesis 18, verse 25. That be far from thee to do after this manner, to slay the righteous with the wicked, and that the righteous should be as the wicked. That be far from thee. Shall not the judge of all the earth do right? Now did God forget he's the judge of all the earth and that he'll do right? Of course he did not. Maybe Abraham did. And maybe that's why Abraham was pleading God's word. Because if he is like me, he struggles with his faith. When things get hard and we don't understand what's going on. And we have to get back to the word of God. So it would be something like this. Lord, will you not keep me from evil? My heart longs to do what's wrong right now. If I do this wrong, I mar your name in the salvation you've given me. I will stumble, God. Keep me from evil, please. Does that make sense? That's praying the Word of God. Keep us from evil. That is taking what I or you are dealing with at this moment that God already knows about. He knows that pain and that struggle, that temptation in your heart. We don't have to hide it from him. We're already under the righteousness of Jesus. We are in the family of God. He is, he is happy to call us his brethren. We can go in humility and actually be real with God and say, God, I am struggling right now. Keep me from evil. That is praying the Word of God. That is praying in humility the Word of God, expecting God to answer in power by His Word. God did not get mad. He didn't get tired. He didn't get frustrated at Abraham. That's amazing. Maybe it's only me, but sometimes when I'm praying with God, I think, He's probably getting tired of me talking to him about these things. I don't know if you struggle with that, but I sure do. I think eh, he might want to hear my wife a little bit more, but not me. And it's amazing at the end of these verses that it's not God that walks away. It's Abraham finished the conversation. God doesn't say here that God got tired of talking to Abraham, that, that God walked away and was like, okay, you said enough things, I'm, I'm, I'm a little exhausted right now. But that's what we think. Do we not? God, you don't want to hear my problems right now. These financial problems, my relationship problem, my, I'm struggling with being a testimony right now. I don't know how to share the gospel with my family, but I want to. You're so tired of hearing these problems, I don't know what to do. But God's not tired. He wants us to come to him in humility by his word so that he can show forth his power and will always be according to his word. Look at Psalm 17, 6. I have called upon thee, for thou wilt hear me. O God, incline thine ear unto me and hear my speech. Beautiful verses. David pleads this a handful of times in Psalms. And Solomon pleads for his son to do this and to wisdom. When you read Proverbs, 
Solomon says, Son, incline your ear unto wisdom. And in Psalms, David pleads this a handful of times to God. God does what God does. He hears your prayers. He inclines his ear to your prayer as you pray. Charles Spurgeon said, There are mercies which come unsought, for God is found of them that sought not for him. That's how good God is. But there are other favors which are only bestowed upon the men and women who ask, and therefore receive who seek, and therefore find, who knock, and therefore gain and enters. That's the God we're praying to. Don't believe what Satan is putting doubts. Don't believe what the world is telling you. This is our God that we, we serve. What precious promise is of prayer? In regular day-to-day life, we get to go to God. You go to God in humility, and God answers in prayer. You go to God according to his word, and God always answers according to his word. I was struggling with my faith in prayer. This was only a couple months ago. I was thinking, was there something I could specifically ask in prayer that had a specific answer? Pray things, and I don't maybe really see a specific answer. And I really wanted to test faith, and I wanted to see God's power. My faith was small, and I needed some help. I knew from the Bible that God desires to help a child in such a state as I the thought came to my mind on the devotions, Joshua, which is, who is our oldest son, he's away for us, from us for this summer working. Joshua and I had decided to go to do together for this summer break some devotions together through a book. I looked at my desire and I thought, I really want these devotions together to honor God, bring Joshua and I closer to God, and bring us closer together in a way as to where we are truly opening up to each other, being real, being vulnerable. So I prayed that. I was scared. Does God really want this? Does he really want to bless me? Does he really want to bless me with these great things? But I figured it was a true prayer with a true answer. And I hope to see this come to pass by the end of the summer. We go to God in humility, and God will answer in power. And if we go to God according to his word, God will always, even if we don't go to God according to his word, God will always answer according to his word. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you that we can come to you. We thank you that you hear and answer his prayer. Lord, we thank you for the forgiveness of sin in Jesus Christ. Help us to walk under your righteousness in our daily life. Not something out there for this or that person, but God for us in our daily struggles, in our daily temptations, in our daily uh, difficulties. Lord, may we turn to you in humility, pleading your word. We thank you that you hear and answer our prayers. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We hope that message was an encouragement to your heart. Now for weekly updates and for information about Liberty Baptist Church, be sure to follow us on Twitter and like us on Facebook at LBC of Las Vegas. Well, that's it for today. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, God bless.